0: Revision.io
1: So welcome to the roundtable on a racist spirit. Uh, my name is Jorge. I am uh, a Researcher of weird things around the world um, So one of the things that I'm particularly interested in uh, in my research around the world is uh, Obviously how society deals with the unknown and the invisible and Within this particular, uh, let's say, context of revision, it was very interesting.
2: Can you uh, keep the microphone closed? Yeah. Like this? Perfect.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I can also do this. It's just um, I don't want to do any dry heaving. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so yeah so. Official uh, welcome, uh, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary guests, uh, nomadic souls, spirits in transition. Um, Buddha Buddha said thousands of years ago that the mind creates the world. Uh, Perhaps this is why Buddhism and other uh, quote-unquote non-western dogmas are making a resurgence. They, They provide a much better view as to how the world feels. Uh, with its complexity and hidden patterns, and thus a way for us to understand what a reality is. Uh, Today, most of us in Western societies, uh, big, quote-unquote, feel trapped by a routine of market-provided trappings and market-induced isolation, through technologies that promote obsession, economies that make our world toxic, and politics that uncentralize our bodies. We crave an alternative to being tracked, quantified, matched, recommended to optimize, programmed, or reprogrammed. In a way, it seems that what we want is certainty away from certainty, something that comforts us about our very complicated human condition. In other words, what religion has always offered. Uh, Today, we're talking about what and how we communicate about this unseen world, the world of spirits, ancient wisdom, the supernatural clashes or merges or how that merges with the world that we currently inhabit. Uh, What the spiritual, not religious mantra actually means. How people are finding new communities of practice in places like Burning Man. What ancient wisdom we think we are finding in new technologies. Um, I'm sorry to admit i don't I don't think that we're gonna get to any big revelations about the nature of, of life or the meaning of, of the world today um, and that's what you know the the context for the conversation today especially knowing the background of a lot of people here is just really try to dig down into and, and examine and challenge how we talk about spirituality how we talk about religion how we talk about things that we don't understand uh, uh, and challenge how that is being used to push any specific agenda or not especially especially for us uh, that potentially are working uh, very closely with the te- world of technology um, we know that there are words like community uh, words like ritual uh, that are being used and are being thrown around and I want us to sort of like think about that like what does that actually say about us uh, in a world that is hungry for something in a world that is hurting um, so with that uh, a fishbowl so A fishbowl, I think it's an attempt to democratize kind of like the boring old panel format. Uh, And what it means is that there are going to be empty uh, chairs here. Uh, I'm going to kick us off with uh, a question and I'm going to invite specific people that are here today to kick us off. And then um, as the conversation progresses, I am going to try to take a step back, let the conversation flow, prompt people, push people, Push their buttons as much as I can, but if you hear something interesting, if you hear that this is that this is a space where you want to contribute, anybody can feel free to stand up, tap somebody, and then that person should give up their seat, and that person kind of like replaces them in the in the circle. Uh, equally, if you are currently in the circle and you feel like you've done your contribution and you want to. Uh, avoid the awkwardness of somebody having to like tap you and take you out of circle. Then like feel free to like free up that space. Cool, awesome. So I'm gonna invite uh, Jasmine. I'm gonna invite uh, Jen, who's in her cell phone, probably looking for like some spirits. And then, and then whoever wants to take this uh, third spot and kick us up, you're welcome to do so. Come on, guys, don't be shy. This going to be the whole day. There you go, Eugenia. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, I want the conversation to start, you know, uh, kind of like the creation. Before there was anything, um, let's talk about what's not necessarily lacking, but what are the gaps that people are trying to fill, whether through religion, through spirituality, through like a search of the unknown. Like what's lacking and what do you think? Uh, yeah, what do you think people are trying to like fill or replace?
3: Well, um, I'm not sure if they're trying to replace something, mm-hmm. uh, but th- there's value and meaning, and it's very hard to put a number on it. Uh, uh, so people look for anything really that th- that can give them meaning, and a lot of people find meaning in religion or some sort of ritual, but. You can also find like in the gaming community, you find a lot of people finding like the meaning of their lives playing chess or something. So uh, I think this is a thing that's really hard to sell but easy to offer for a religion.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would say to extend on that, that uh, for example, that meaning can be found in connection or community. Um, like I don't know if any of you are familiar with the book that came out earlier this year from journalist Johan Hari who's talking about lost connections and how this is a this loss of connection between community and others and individuals connection with nature what have you is potentially a source of the larger culture-bound syndrome of anxiety or depression that we see now and um, I think in that sense that you know in general spiritual spiritual um, or people looking for some type of meaning in spirituality or a community that's built up around that concept are definitely going to provide people with that.
4: Um, I think that a lot of people seek out religion and spirituality because they want to really have a feel what their purpose is in life, to make sense of life, to really figure out who they are. And I think the the, the gap here is that people tend to. Resort to spirituality and or religion instead of or in parallel to really Really seeing that they are a human being and that they have their own limitations as a person mm-hmm. That need to really be um, They really need to be looked at a lot of people don't know who they are as a person as a human being we grow up um, With social conditioning we grow up with our parents telling us to be this to not be this to behave like this so when we grow up a lot of people they don't actually really know like who they truly are without these limitations without these layers of being told what to do and this is one of the things that really hinders people in really making sense of who they truly are i think spirituality is a great i mean sp- we're all spiritual beings i mean this is the way i see it we're all spiritual beings in a in 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 a body yeah and there's a lot of things that we can make sense of through spirituality but We're here as human beings, and that's one thing that we have to understand. There's some things that we're not going to find in spirituality. That's why we're here. We're here to experience ourselves as human beings through our body, but as spiritual beings, if that makes sense.
1: And then talking about that, I mean, obviously, you know, I brought up that that point. um, This label of of I'm spiritual but not religious. Uh, I think in in the U.S., it's about 27% that they... They claim, they, they describe themselves as, as that. In Europe, I think the median is about 11%. Um, although in Europe, there's a lot more people that say I'm neither spiritual, not religious. Uh, but then you're saying that, you know, like there is a spiritual being inside of us. So um, first, like, let's try to unpack this as a group, like, you know, when people are actually saying I'm spiritual, not religious, or I'm not, re-, you know, I'm not spiritual at all. Um, what are they actually trying to say? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean,
0: my first reflexive answer to that is that they're trying to separate themselves from some kind of dogma or ideology. I mean, they are kind of what are recognized as traditional religious structures come with a dogma or ideology. They come with a set of rules, a framework, um, things that you have to adhere to in order to be able to be part of that. Whereas the spirituality has a sense of more of an inner source or it has more of an intrinsic type of idea. I mean, does anybody have anything counter to that, to say?
5: Um, yeah, so my name is uh, Um I am a freelance startup lawyer in Berlin, um, so what I wanted to contribute is um, that, um, well, I, I spent the first 39 years of my life like in a normal kind of mode, working, making a career, working for big companies, etc. And then I ran into a book, most of you uh, will know it, Eckhart Tolle's uh, Power of Now. It was two years ago, one and a half years ago. And this opened me up to a totally new perspective on life. And what I wanted to say is that um, in the first months when I started to feel as as an additional layer of perception, um, first I thought, okay, you're, you're going mad. And I was kind of super... Um, super um, careful who I was telling about my closest friends and they realized everybody had a sense for it and and then I went on and and was speaking to more people and then I realized that there is so much kind of heaviness in the topic which is told it's it's such an incremental part of humans being spiritual or we are beings that are spiritual but you also have a mind you know everything is part of it everything this chair my brain everything you know and this was or, or that's what i realized that that we pay so much attention we educate our kids to 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 be pros in mathematics in history in everything but we don't train this basic ability to feel ourselves so there is a lot of heaviness that is unnecessary and I think it's important to, to create more kind of ease for the topic.
1: So let me, let me ask you about your journey, if you don't mind. Um, and, and this is in no way trying to, 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 to criticize or put one belief over the other. But, I, you know, like uh, Mr. Tala, he is part of what you would say. It's, it's, um, it's a, a part of, let's say, a movement that uses, it's very good at using sort of popular media, books, um to sort of like push on some some ideas of spirituality that a lot of people might derive as pop spirituality right and and and, and, and I'm trying to wonder you know because if we're assuming that we have always we have always been spiritual and we have let's say we've never really lost the channels to practice spirituality what is it about this generation and people like yourself starting this journey? based uh, on on people like Mr. Tolle? Like, is there something around that? Are they doing something differently that they speak to the kind of spirituality that people are looking for right now?
5: I, I don't know, because I, I, I strongly believe that it's 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 super individual. For me, Eckhart Tolle worked because he uses a la- I'm a lawyer, and I love his super dense, clear language, but... For any other person it might be something different. Some people like it more colorful, more esoteric, I don't know. It does not matter. And I'm not an Eckhart Tolle fan. For me it was just something that opened the door. And that's it. And uh, and this opened the journey, and and it's an ongoing journey, and that's it. It's, 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 it's nothing special in the end. You know, It's more that I see that there is a huge need. That's why when I speak to my friends, to colleagues, to business partners, nobody says you're insane everybody says i kind of feel what you're speaking about that's that's the interesting part of it
4: yeah one thing i was going to say that you mentioned about the whole heaviness thing i think that a lot of people kind of reject themselves as spiritual beings because you can't really quantify that you can't it's very unknown it's not tangible you know like that's why we're so mind driven everything's always about the mind there's there's a known factor but with spirituality it's like There's a lot of unknown because you can't really see it with the naked eye. You can see it in another way, you know, but not really with your eyes. And I think a lot of people kind of reject that and don't consider themselves as spiritual because of this. There's so much there's so much uh, threat that they perceive there. Like it will change the world because if somebody really, if somebody rejects themselves as spiritual beings and they built their whole lives on that and then they were to see that they are actually spiritual beings in a human body. What would that mean for their life? And a lot of people don't want to go down those routes. Yeah.
5: And I, I think, yeah? just, just to add something, I think it, it's, you know, 300 years ago, or 400 years ago, uh, we would have been burned if, if, w- if we had openly spoken, uh, you know, about spiritual stuff and in a business environment, you know. So, so, I think there is a collective fear that it's still vibrating in us, so that's why people are so, so kind of careful, uh, reluctant to, to openly discuss it. And there's also no, uh, we don't address it at schools, we don't educate our kids about it. That's a very, very simple thing. It's, it's about information. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think that, that uh, it's, it's super important to connect both like the, 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 the business everyday living and also this incremental part of us.
4: Uh, just uh, I just wanted to mention that when you said that before 300 years ago we would have been killed, I, I'm gonna actually publicize this that I actually have experienced myself in past lives having been killed for my own healing power, and I see that I sometimes suppress myself or hold back because of that, and to really share that with the whole world, people will be like you're crazy, like that's just in your mind, you know. But this is actually something that I have experienced, and I'm sure that many people can somehow resonate to that not everyone but so whoever is really more in contact with the fact that they are spiritual beings can really sense that can really sense where that fear may be coming from because sometimes we experience fears that don't make sense like we grew up in a way that we that there's something is off like I didn't experience anything to make me have this kind of fear and that's when for myself I realized that some of this fear has come from past lives and then and then this is a
6: whole nother, you know, ball game. <laughs> I can stay here. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, hi everyone. My name is Chavelli and i just wanted to say i think spirituality why some of us or some people reject the idea of spirituality is but because uh spirituality has been kind of hijacked by mainstream or traditional religions and a lot of people have very very negative experiences through their childhood or upbringing with this mainstream religions and that's why people kind of say black or white I'm definitely not spiritual I'm totally against church and as we grow up and we walk away from this experiences and early life we realize that we kind of need to uh, we have something inside of us that's searching for some certainty or some kind of connection and somehow religious not religious but the spiritual experiences can provide that this just my two cents
2: Yeah. Hello. Uh, I'm I'm Stephen, and I found the beautiful new reality. It's uh, an art collective, and uh, we do a lot of projects around that. And uh, just one thing I want just to add is what what you said is um, that uh, I discovered that like everything in life. Uh, is a growing process and uh, everything wants to be something more as it is right now. And you know, a seed wants to become a flower and everything and, uh, and so is it with the human being. So uh, if, if somebody knows knowledge, he wants to have more knowledge. If somebody knows money, he wants to have more money. If somebody knows love, he wants to have more love. These are all physical dimensions and uh, once you realize that uh, you won't find the fulfillment, it will never be enough. Yeah, it will never be enough. Whatever you look in the physical world, it will never be a lo- enough. You know, you could have the whole world, you could have, would, could have the Nobel Peace Prize, you could have all people, in the, and you would look for the stars. It will never be enough. But there's a longing, uh, not for more. There's a longing for all, and uh, all is only an experience where you like internally make the experience that. This, which is happening here, is not separated from me, and I think um, we're we're in a in a in a generation where uh, the belief systems drop. People uh, don't believe what uh, generations said before. They want to experience it themselves. So they are totally questioning, and I, I feel that uh, there's a falling down of religion and a total rise of spirituality. And for me, spirituality is some is just to put it like in a, in a simple sentence, an experience uh, which is not in the physical and not in the, in the, in the mental structure. So, uh, once you experience yourself beyond the physical, you touch spirituality. So,
1: before I allow you, um, uh, you know, I, I also want to frame it. I think that something that seems very interesting and, and, and again, this is also in the context of, let's say, the emergence or re-emergence of, of non-Western dogmas is, it seems that we're going away from this almost old Enlightenment era division between what we would consider the mind, the body, and the spirit, right? And 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 it that seems like a very seductive storyline for a lot of people. And I know that we have some people here that are doing holistic medicine and holistic body work. So I would uh, invite you to like come in if you want to chat about that. Um, But I also sort of want to open the question up is just like, how much of the spiritual crisis really has to do with the fact that our physical selves are actually feeling completely cut off from what we would normally uh, assume are the things that keep us, let's say, like, um, uh, aware of our world, like we're not exposed to seasons anymore. Uh, or we're living with this constant reminder of like time that's always there in your pocket, right? I'm like, those are very physical experiences. We see physical practices, like holistic practices. I mean, the whole, uh, let's say, westernization and globalization of yoga in the past like 50 years, it is about like going back to the body. So I also want to sort of like open that up and say like if you have anything to talk about, you know, are we using spirituality actually to like get in touch with our, our bodies? But welcome. I.
7: Thank you. Uh, my name is Rai. Thank you for uh, this uh, opportunity to talk about this in this conference. I think it's not uh, taking for granted. And um, yeah, I think I will relate a bit to the body, but I want to say something before. I think that uh, you are talking a lot about there is a strong feeling that people understand that there is something not working for them anymore. They're not satisfied anymore with just having this routine and the stories that we were told about Uh, working hard and then uh, maybe when you're retired you can enjoy life better. Like people are seeking for a greater sense of meaning and I think part of the reasons that people are having uh, trouble to, to really identify themselves as spiritual because it's actually saying and or admitting in some way that there is something that is beyond our control. Like saying that, that I am a spiritual person is acknowledging that I am limited in my ability to control and we live in a society that at least for a couple of decades try to put everything in an organized way and to help give us tools to feel that we can control our identity, our life, our family, our destiny, etc., etc., etc. The culture of uh, individualism. Like, I'm here for myself, I'm here for like, something that is very egocentric um, and, um, and I think saying I'm a believer, saying that I'm a spiritual person is also acknowledging the things that are beyond just myself mm-hmm. and my control and acknowledging that there is something that is greater than, uh, than me that is controlled by the people I'm around with and my community. And I think a lot of people are in search to reconnect with their community and what you say about the body. I think on um, our higher cognition or in a deeper uh, level, we feel these things. We feel things that are comfortable in our body, like the rates of anxiety in society are flying and depression. So these things, we feel them in our body. We acknowledge that there is something, uncomfortable in this for us anymore. And, um, I think that more and more that people have suddenly, uh, experience and it doesn't matter if it's uh, reading a book mm-hmm. or, uh, doing mindfulness or studying, practicing yoga, then there is a very strong feeling that is sometimes very physical mm-hmm. as well, that you can't just, uh, disregard anymore. Mm-hmm. And if-
1: I, th- uh, let me let me bring that up. I mean, first, I think like there's it's always like important to know, right? Like we are a little bit biased, like right? Like I think like most of us put our our part of, like this very industrialized Western world, right? And 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 there are some cultures uh, in what we would consider the non-Western global South, where they don't potentially experience the same problems of like or perceptions of gaps, right? Um, so I think like it's, I just want to say that as acknowledging like, this bias and if there is anybody here that grew up under one of those traditions I welcome you to come here too because I'd love to like sort of get a counterpoint for that uh, just so like we're not like first world bitching here uh, in a way um, But you know like I, I wanted to like touch on that uh, and ask you like how, what was your journey like? Did, uh, what did, it, did at some point you felt kind of like that visceral need to claim yourself as like as a believer? Like was that part of your journey?
7: Um, I think I, n- I never. I was more struggling, uh, or I had a need to emphasize that I'm a believer, but not a religious person. Because for me, religion. Um, I am originally from Israel, and there there is a lot of dogmas about uh, religion, and uh, sometimes for me it was experience of extreme in, of. Uh, people that are more uh, fundamentalist mm-hmm. in the, how they treat uh, religion and belief. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, um, I can't recall a specific uh, time where I was, uh, it was like a, a moment where I said, oh, now I, I understand that I'm a, a believer. Yeah. So if you want to ask if it was like, a, if I don't know if it's a moment
8: if mm-hmm. that's what you were asking mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
7: of a realization or something of this sort, but I can say that um, I'm uh, in my my profession, I'm a psychologist, and sitting with people and meeting different people from different parts of society and seeing uh, what's making people feel uncomfortable. For me, as a psychologist, I realized that my job is to be outside the clinic. Mm-hmm. For example, I felt that the the way that it's structured and the need is so strong that people need to have more spaces to have a different way of uh, listening mm-hmm. uh, outside the clinic and not consume listening as a product. I think it's one of the experiences that uh, create this opening for people to be more connected. Good. With themselves. And
1: that's a great segue, I think, and I wanted to bring you Shabali in because I know your artistic practice, it's about self-care, often trying to separate between, let's say, the religious connotations of it um, so tell us a little bit about your work and like, is, is there anything really interesting that you've learned through your artistic practice?
6: Uh, so, um, before I go to that question, I wanted to comment on what you were saying. I am from Puerto Rico, which is an island in the Caribbean, and I think our religious or spiritual realm there, it's very syncretic. And we do see religious as something that religion or, or like, um, religious thought as something that will bring us some kind of certainty you know like when something is really bad when there's a hurricane coming you can kind of pray and that will benefit you with some kind of protection so i think this is this uh, this idea that uh, religious thought can bring you uh, some kind of protection or some kind of certainty i think this is very tied to uh, uh, a religious thought and I think uh, with this I, I go into my personal practice and I come from a family of like healers and uh, they practice Reiki, uh, acupuncture, med- traditional medicine and I did not go in that route but I started to do art and my ultimate goal or my utopic idea behind my practice is to have the artistic practice or the artistic thought replace the religious thought in its fanatic form. So to turn every church into an art center. And what I do with my practice is I invite the different practitioners, be it Reiki or Yoga or um, acupuncture, to uh, take the space of the, art, of the art installation and and give their service. and. I think I do this because I understand that art offers us the opportunity to connect with each other. And also because I feel like in our contemporaneity, touch and sensorial experiences are very much lacking. And this is something art can like um, take charge of and offer this space.
1: I want to explore a little bit of that replacement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously the the topic today, and I think what brought a lot of people here potentially, is this idea of like, Uh, techno-shamanism and just like Burning Man, right, and uh, there is the observation that mm, obviously a lot of these experiences that people are looking for, they're really just like kind of replacing what we would assume would be like going to church. Uh, You know, here in Berlin, people say to Berkheim, okay, I'm going to Berkheim, I'm going to church, right, like like, there's all these like languages that we use uh, for communal experiences, so uh, I, I wanted to explore that a little bit more, it's just like, um, what are other areas potentially that we are uh, actually experiencing um, what traditionally would have been considered a religious experience in terms of cult, instead of coming together, instead of discussion, uh, but we don't, you know, it's not, it doesn't have a cross on top, but it does have like a, a pretty good DJ set that takes you to like some like other level.
9: Hi, do you hear me? Um, I'm from Mexico, and I wanted to bring also the relation to the market, which I find problematic because, uh, well, in my culture, spiritualism or just the idea of energy uh, in our bodies and energy in the cosmos and the practices to connect with it and so on is part of the cosmogony, so it's very rooted. And then here, when in Western spiritualism or the appropriation of it or just the absorption of it, we could say, Uh, it, it has to be absorbed from outside and this comes from a product or from a mean or something that is manufactured and then of course gets a profit. And then there's an inherent contradiction in the, like even as spiritually we consider the transcendental towards a metaphysical realm, like a spiritual practice. But then if you're getting this through a product that's benefiting or causing profit to the greatest system that causes at first this disconnection towards the metaphysical realm, then it's difficult to go away from this circle or from this wheel and to actually get to this metaphysical realm. So I think here we, we tend to get stuck into the material practice, the consumer spiritualism, and the trendiness, of course, which, again, it's a problem because it's part of the mood and it's part of a tendency, but it's not part of the roots, it's not getting to our being. So I, I think this relation is problematic when we think about spiritual materialism,
1: in a way. So I'm going to jump on that, and I think I'm going to take advantage of the fact that we have you from Mexico and Jorian from Brazil. Um, and, and I've done quite a bit of, of work in, in kind of like the Amazonian border, Work and, and one of the more obvious, uh, let's say, drivers of supposedly ecotourism in the Amazon, it's a lot of people that are going on these spiritual retreats, right? To do um, mostly ayahuasca, which um, for those of us, for those of you who don't know, I mean, it, it's now really causing a lot of environmental trouble because the two main components of ayahuasca, which is the chacruna, it takes about like five years to mature, and the ayahuasca vine anywhere from like five to ten years, right? And like... People are having to go deeper and deeper into the forest to like cut this off. And maybe even like the idea of what, what somebody that's truly approaching it from from a cultural perspective, they would say is not as ideal because they're using like a younger vine or there's a lot of people that are like doing strong mixes outside of what you would assume is like the heritage or the ritual. So uh, talking about that, you know, like you, in a way, it's, it's almost contradictory because I think like a lot of people would say, listen, like we are getting empowered uh, we're, we're tapping into this ancient wisdom, and, you know, I'm sure that there's more than enough people here that say, hey, if everybody started doing ayahuasca, the world would be a, le- a better place, right? But, like, there is also, some like, some harm done. And I want to open it up to you, if you've, like, experienced that, have you seen that?
3: I, I did experience that very much indeed. Uh, actually, I have a story. I'm going to try to keep it short, because I want to hear more than talk. But I have a very interesting experience. Uh, with that, that involves commercialism, but also access to ancient knowledge. So, uh, a couple of years ago, I had a company, a couple of friends had companies, and we decided to do an experiment and merge all of our businesses, which meant that I gained uh, uh, ownership over their assets. And one of their assets was uh, uh they had equity in a festival about hippie culture and transcendence of the mind, which I had no bloody idea what it was. Anyway, but then a couple of months later, I was invited to go to this retreat in which we were going to get together with these people and we were going to organize this festival. And uh, I accepted. And uh, that was a very transformative weekend. Um, So, going back to the techno-shamanism and Burning Man and all that, I experienced the impossibleness of this execution in this retreat. Uh, these people didn't know how to work. Uh, uh, they were not inserted in a capitalist productive society. They, they had another way to do things. And um, I spent maybe a little more than 48 hours with them and we probably worked four hours and nothing was decided. We didn't know how the festival would have toilets. Um, so something like b- the, uh, something Birdie like Man they are inserted in our systems. They can take benefit from all those structures that we created. While, like, people go into ret- the true roots retreats in the Amazonian forest, like the people who are experienced. Like, I, I was in a living room with a witch trying to talk about spreadsheets, and it was not working. Um, it was really not working. So, um, you know. Uh, uh, the only things that can work for more than a small community of people is those those techno shamanism burning man things that take advantage of all those systems of distribution. If we really wanna offer this to a lot of people, we need the support of pop uh, shamanism, or or else like it, it becomes impossible. Imagine in, if every single one human had to go to a two week retreat with the true witch. That you know, they don't—they're not that populous. Uh, so then I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because I want people to have access. But imagine that the industry of ayahuasca—this is bloody crazy. Think about these people. These people have ayahuasca for generations, every week, multiple times, and it was never a problem. And then a bunch of white boys go over there and start to fuck it up. Uh, but then again. I don't know. Do I want to pride myself and not access that? What do you think?
10: Oh, sorry, I, I just really quickly want to say I don't... I feel like inevitably the spiritual identity is within us individually, so like this whole thing about let's go be with a group of two, two you know, I don't know, two, whatever, how 12 people, whatever, or any group of people, and like have this spiritual thing together and act like that's something, you know, it's like, it is maybe something, but inevitably you have to go back home to yourself and you're gonna, you know, and you're gonna be with yourself and you have to understand what it means in the context of who you are and not within like a big hippie group of, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's a difference, like that's like close but not quite there. So, I don't know, do you have something to say?
5: i wanted uh, i wanted to to comment on what you said that um like the spiritualism of of um, materialism and and this religion ar- around materialism um what i what i feel is that we are currently at the verge um of um um of of an era where you know we 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 developed global network and we communicate in a very fast and 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 efficient manner that is a singularity in human history we are now developing uh, technologies like blockchain that's kind of to me it feels like the beginning of we're copying our own genetic system like the blockchain database like something that is that is starting to, to to copy biological, algorithmic organisms, mm-hmm. everything at the very beginning, of course. But what I'm asking myself is, you know, we have, of course, I, maybe everybody in this round is kind of, you know, um, acquainted with spiritual topics, everybody in this individual way, but how do we make this visible to people who kind of not have this easy access, but kind of have the feeling? And my question is, do you guys also kind of see or feel what i feel that there is some kind of movement some kind of shift not only with people who have some kind of access to family culture whatever it may be but rather i see it in the business environment Mm -hmm. i see it with people who are totally money driven speed driven and now it's kind of shifting that's what i see
1: so let me let me uh take that because i think it's a it's a good uh time to sort of like say it right like the, even the, the concept of techno shamanism uh it was started around like the the techno guy movement of like the late 80s early 90s which meant there's all this cool technology uh we're gonna be able to like expand our, our consciousness right and like these are most like the, the the kids that were trying to reclaim the the hippie ideas of like the summer of love in the in the late 60s um and and i i want to bring it into the point because there is an interesting trend i think uh actually uh, uh, william gibson uh, i'm a big sci-fi nerd will gibson who is coined the the term uh, cyberspace kind of described cyberspace as kind of like a consensual hallucination um and the way that he described it and the way that that he portrayed cyberspace is like you know like it is a, it is sort of like this alternate reality that we're going where like our identities don't matter anymore and i feel like there's a lot of people that really do say we're kind of unleashing this this global consciousness, and we're gonna be able to like tie everybody into like this hive mind. This is actually something not new. Um, Emil Durkheim said that we are gonna go into a position of we're gonna have a coll- kind of like collective individualism when it comes to uh, creating our spirituality. So I'm like I'm actually wondering, you know, like especially here in the in the tech tech heavy centers, knowing that there's arts, knowing that there's technology, that we have these very powerful experiences. Um, is it, is it actually the kind of spirituality that we need? Like, are we Is it actually tapping us and changing us in the way that we think we need to be changed in order to tackle the challenges that we're going to find? So that's a big question, and then uh, welcome to The Circle.
11: Hi, thank you. Um, I just came to The Circle actually quite late, but I was prompted to come and sit when you said something about how can we bring more people to this? Is it to spirituality or to new kinds?
5: Make it more visible. Make
11: it more visible. I feel like there's a there's a thing with uh, spirituality where we have a lot of performativity in, in spirituality, and we have a problem of the aesthetics of spirituality. So I feel like a lot of it um, it's difficult for people to access already because we're calling spirituality spirituality. <laughs> for giving it that name and that aesthetic when actually something really inherent to all of us and just like it's inner connection, it doesn't belong to any particular culture, person, people, uh, whatever, you know. So I was thinking about all of this and thinking, cause I was earlier on in a circle here as a delegate on, it was gender politics, so it's just a funny title, but I do feel like one of the things that also is imp- impeding on people to accessing their, say, uh, brackets and hashtag spirituality, and spiritual practice comes in part in this problem of the aesthetic uh, of it, either. So it's either uh, ex- uh, this performance, performance of spirituality. So then that rings with an, an, a non-authentic uh, practice or behavior, because a lot of people really talking about it and putting it out there and wearing the shirt when it's something very intimate. But the other thing, then, to link to gender, is that it falls under the folder of the feminine. All of these practices. Because what is not that is Abrahamic religions and all the religions is usually again so in patriarchal there's a guy you talk to the guy into the church of the god of whatever and then uh, off you go. When actually that is a it's highly problematic to the society that we have now. You know it's like because people are being <laughs> through the demonization of whatever you understand as feminine that touches on the spirituality, and then <laughs> if it doesn't hit on the performative uh, aspect of spirituality it hits on the attachment to the feminine and then people just don't go there because of that. So again, so I'm here to drop the word again of how it's important that we work on scanning ourselves for whatever we're demonizing and attaching to the feminine and like try to work that with people. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's called the feminine. Again, it's a concept we attach to things. But I feel like this is really coming in between us getting in touch with source. And it's also like just to, to Sorry to go long, but like I'm dyslexic and I talk in circles. Listo. So moment of like acknowledging ableism please, in please. the world. But <laughs> um, the thing is, uh, sorry, and I get and when I when I interrupt, I kind of lose the track a little bit. But the thing is, it's like what we're experiencing on this like late stage capitalism and this life that we have, like we're all treating each other like objects and transactions and we are consuming the planet all the way to consuming the vine when it's not ready and things like that. Like all this greed is there because of this lack of connection to source within ourselves. Because if we were connected, if we're finding a way to get there without a mediator and without, in the mediator sometimes acts as a stopper again, as the person, the person that performs spirituality, we wouldn't be feeling in lack. And it's that feeling of being in lack that upholds the situation of like greed, consumption of the planet, objectification of each other. So I just felt called to come <laughs> and drop this one here. Thank you, thank you
1: for that, actually. But I actually um, wanted to like ask you, because uh, I think you touched on a very important point. You know, If we're trying to analyze some of the narratives and the, and the language, um, I find it very interesting, obviously, like in the, in the past just want to say a few years just in terms of visibility there seems to be kind of like an analogy of the Me Too movement, uh, kind of like the sex positive movement you know and you hear kind of like uh, this mantra of Every woman is a goddess, and there is kind of like this play on words. And so it's like, so
11: problematic.
1: So I wanted to like it's ask you so about that. It's so
11: problematic because it's assigning, we keep on this again, we're talking earlier, we're assigning these qualities and traits and aesthetics to bodies when they are not inherently of any type of body. It's, if it's energy, saying here, I guess we're all here attracted to this conversation because we are dealing with these concepts of energy and <laughs> and so-called spirituality and everything, and I will always say so-called because I believe it's like you don't even have to. Yeah. Microphone. Microphone died. Hello reincarnated microphone so <laughs> it's um these energies are in every is in all of the bodies we are a balance of energy somebody earlier on also on the panel the gender politics was saying oh yeah the yin and yang the the yeah the masculine and the feminine I'm like we are attributing these things the yin and yang is a symbol that's meant to be spinning and it's a gray area the black has the white in it the white has the black in it and that is spinning so there isn't like something inherently feminine or inherently masculine. We keep on doing this. So I think saying that, oh my god, <laughs> I feel you. Because <laughs> this will liberate everyone. The day we stop doing this liberates everyone. Uh, every all, all of the bodies that are here present, regardless of identification. But this energy is in every single person, and it needs to be honored. Whatever we are calling feminine, and I'm going to say, and really say it again, we are just calling it feminine. and And also because we're calling it feminine and not really to women, it plays on this uh, situation that we have where it is being demonized and it's stopping people from going there. So it's not about the women. It's like women is a a whole other concept too. It's like we are here as beings in these bodies. We can use the word incarnate or attuned to or like I'm a user in an avatar interface, how I like to call it, Uh, stuff like that. But like nothing is inherently anything. Like very much so. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Uh, Let me give you this, but uh, we do have five minutes right now, and I want to sort of, like, if you have an urgent urgent need to sort of, like, say something, uh, or you think your contribution, we would all benefit from it, like, I invite you to sort of, like, come up and also give the space for other people,
8: too.
10: Yeah, I just want to say one thing really quickly before everybody would just leave the space that, you know, we can have a spiritual moment, right now when we're listening to conversations when we're figuring out and thinking about who am I in this moment and maybe that's a different person than I was you know 20 minutes ago or something like that so it's like we're all works in progress constantly evolving and it's not a thing you know like I'm only spiritual if I go to I don't know some kind of event where there's a leader or whatever there's like a thing there it's like it's it's every second within us and like so don't think that you have to you know like you can only be spiritual once you Make that effort to go to a meeting or to go to a whatever. Be it now. That's yeah. I wanted to make sure that was said
8: thanks. Um, hi, um, my name is Dimitris. Uh, I come from Greece. Uh, we are pretty super religious there, um, but I find religion super spiritual as well because I don't. I think you said it. That like um, your folks do a prayer and that gives them um, a a, a protection or something. That's also what you do in Reiki. And that's what we learn in spirituality. That it's just channels. It's like um, I believe in every God there is. I believe in every God people have ever believed somehow. You you, you know? So... That's to stop saying. That's to stop differing um, spirituality from religion. One, and then what you said about um, spirituality becoming more popular into spaces like um, uh, offices and um, uh, supercapitalistic environments. That's the other um, a side of spirituality which is teaching you to be here now in yourself. So you will see a lot of these people that are embracing spirituality to doing it in order to um, attract what they want for themselves. But that's not always communal and that's not always for the greater good. And that's not, it's partly spiritual as well because one of the things that spirituality can teach you is that yeah, you, you can change the world regarding on how you see it and regarding on what you want and you can bring it, you know. And then you can also change the world for everyone, <laughs> which is what we're working on. So these people that you are talking about um, are very happy to embrace spirituality because it's bringing them what they want, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the that um, the fact that spirituality is so open that everyone, or there is so much information and so much tricks and mm-hmm. so much. Knowledge just in the internet, I think it's not really good. <laughs> I'm really afraid of people that don't understand the responsibility of spirituality, the responsibility of their thinking, the responsibility of their energetic environment and what they're doing with it when they enter a space. This.
11: Thank you for using too. Um, so, yeah, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Sibeli and I go by Avatar Perform on Instagram. Um, what you're saying... Um, oh my god, I got distressed by noise. <laughs> so, I think it's important that uh, we remember that there is a difference between religious, like religious system, like a religion um, as, a, as, an, as an, like an industry, as a, <laughs> an institution, and the word religion, which comes from le, religare, like reconnect, which is, in, in essence, if you, tra- you can translate it as yoga. Yoga is religion is the same. So spirituality, and I feel like the day people realize this, I think things are going to run a bit smoother as well. But um, I, I asked for the microphone again in the end because of, uh, of what you said about not to, you were afraid, you're, you're, not, you're not sorry if you like that all this information is out there and that uh, it, what are people doing and stuff. And um, it's true like that there is a danger to it. Like for example, I went to an esoteric school when I was like 14 and everything was like coded, you gave knowledge at a different time and like I'm 40 now, like there was no internet then. Right? So people give you coded knowledge at a certain uh, tempo and time so that you don't lose it, right? But I feel like if it is happening right now, isn't it natural that the, of the universe, whatever is up in place right now, is part of the cosmos and it's part of the movement. And I think it's part of the moment that we are now being made to be responsible for our actions. All the knowledge is available because now it is time that we mature as beings and we are receiving all this info. And if we get lost, it's good. Every single time I got lost and I fell down and I broke my head with all this information and all this transformation, awakenings and everything, was the time that i groaned grown the most. And maybe we all need to crash, you know, so that we can come up again and reorganize and better. No? So, how does it
1: work? Yeah, last uh, comment
2: and then we just a real quick uh, comment. Uh, what I feel is, uh, because we were talking about knowledge and being, uh, we have to be straight with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, ask ourselves, are we more balanced today? Are we more compassionate today than yesterday? Are we more loving today than yesterday? Or are we just gathering knowledge and uh, fighting for my belief versus your belief? So uh, the, the, the question is, do I have a, a all inclusive consciousness? Which means, uh, if, you know, if I hurt my knee, I will uh, take care of it. But if I feel that what I, Exhale the trees, inhaling, and all the way around, and I feel it's all connected. Then nobody has to tell me to save trees because I have the experience of an inclusive consciousness. And uh, I think once I have this experience, I can, I'm I am naturally more open, more loving, and everything. And this is what we can work on. And I think sometimes it's better to put aside all what we know and what we heard and what we debate about just to be straight and say, Am I a, a being which is uh, evolving in a way that? Uh, Today I'm, yeah, as I said, more loving and more compassionate than yesterday. And if everybody is working on that, then uh, I'm really looking towards a bright future. Um,
1: Too short of a time. Thank you so much for being here. And obviously if you want to continue the conversation, then reach out to me because I'm actually going to be putting together kind of like a mini reading group to talk about these uh, topics going forward. So thank you so much and enjoy your day.